Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, a mom of three. And I've just always loved working. I've always, I mean, I think my first business was, you know, when I was in like sixth grade, I sold necklaces on the street in Central Park that I made from, you know, I I got beads and I made necklaces and then I convinced a store to take my necklaces on consignment. So basically if someone bought them, they would pay me, but they wouldn't pay me until someone bought the necklaces. That was kind of my first business. And I kind of got the bug then. I think until it was completely socially unacceptable, I wanted to have lemonade stands. Like literally like my friends would be like, can we talk about you know something else? And I was like, let's go on the street and have a lemonade stand. <laughs> so I've always kind of enjoyed that. And, um, and that's in some ways, I think everything leads you to where you are today. You're from New York, right? Yes. New York City. And now I live in California, but um, I'm a New Yorker at heart for sure. Yeah. I just moved out here and I love it so far. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. What did you do post-grad and how did that shape you into becoming an entrepreneur? So I started out, after college, I really wanted to get into the entertainment industry. And so I went out to California without a job and I knocked on every door I could find, and one of them was a temp agency that placed assistants, and in Hollywood, you had to start as an assistant. I think that a lot of careers back then, you had to start as as an assistant. Sometimes you still do, Um, but I was always a big believer that like everything was a stepping stone to where I was going to end up, so I never started out feeling like I need to be the boss on day one. I I was a sponge. I would do anything for my bosses because I just wanted to learn so badly, and I was so excited to be around all of that learning. And I remember I used to like read the trade magazines every day for the industry to try to become like an expert on Hollywood. And so I started out, um, they sent me to an interview at a, a talent agency that represented actors and directors. It was called Creative Artists Agency. And I got the, the job, but it wasn't just a temp job. They hired me permanently. And so that was my first job was as an assistant in Hollywood. And um, all the stereotypes of having the crazy boss who throw things at your head, like that was actually my life for a little while. But I learned a ton. Um, and that kind of launched me into a whole series of jobs. Yeah. That's awesome. What advice do you have for women who are trying to break into the business world? I think what's really important is that people treat you the way you see yourself. And so one of the first things you can do is build your confidence. And there's a couple of ingredients to that. And I have two daughters and a son, two teenage daughters, one in high school and one in middle school. And then I have an elementary school son. And I was just saying to one of my daughters yesterday, like you, the best thing that you could do is to let go of caring about other people's 
think what other people think about you, right? So it's like whether you're putting up an Instagram post and we all have in the back of our mind, oh, that one person who's negative was going to say some snarky comment. You know, I always say like, live for the lovers, not the haters. There's always going to be people who dislike you and forget about those people. Don't let them take up space in your head and instead focus on positive people. And this leads me to my second point, which is it's really important to surround yourself by people who believe in you and people who bring out the best in you. And we have all made the mistake of being in crowds or having friends who are super negative. You don't want to be the person who says, of course, it would rain on my birthday. That's not a good way to go through life. If you have that attitude, it's really hard to succeed. So infusing yourself with positivity also includes surrounding yourself by positive people. And I think that we don't put enough energy into thinking about who, who is my crowd? I am allowing this person to take a part of my time and my energy and I'm investing into this friendship. Are they worthy of it? Are they someone that makes me feel good inside? And that's what's important. Surround yourself by people who make you feel awesome inside. Only then can you reach your potential. If you are surrounding yourself every day with people who make you feel kind of badly about yourself, you're not going to reach your potential. Three years ago, I started my current company, which is called Park Place Payments. And Park Place is focused on payment processing for small businesses. So just to sort of give you an idea, because I didn't understand this industry until about 10 years ago. So basically any business from a restaurant to a hair salon, to a yoga studio, to a dry cleaner has to accept credit cards. And when they accept credit cards, they deal with a middleman between American Express, MasterCard and Visa, and the actual business. And I recognized that the middleman included very few women. It was almost all men and they were almost all white. And I thought, where is the diversity? And so I created a sales force, a very diverse sales force. 95% of our sales force is women. Um, about 40% are people of color and they are in their communities selling credit card processing to their local businesses, their dentists. And, you know, it's all about financial independence. I have always been passionate about the idea and especially for women it is critical that you maintain your financial independence throughout your life marrying someone does not mean that you should give up your career because you never know what's going to happen statistically more than 50 percent of the time people will your, your marriage will end unexpectedly because your partner leaves you or drops dead or gets injured and can't work and so it's really, really important that you always maintain your career throughout your life and maintain financial independence. And I think that that passion for helping women especially maintain their financial independence is what drove me to create Park Place Payments because I recognized that there's, there was this huge kind of piece of the financial pie that women weren't accessing and I wanted to give people access to it that hadn't had access to it before. That's incredible. And I can see from my own home life, um, not going to fall my parents or my dad always dealt with the bills and my mom kind of really didn't know maybe what was going on and to show that women should be taking the lead is really awesome and inspiring. And you know, it's so important if you look at the statistics, um, daughters of working moms earn 28% more as adults than daughters of stay at home moms really? and sons of working moms have more egalitarian relationships as adults. So, you know, like if you were going to marry someone who had a stay at home mom, as his own mom, it's, it's hard then for him to change his prism of thinking, to think you're an equal, you are going to be earning money. Your career is going to be just as important as his is. And I think that you can't have a quality in the workforce until you have a quality at home. More the traditional thinking they have. Yeah.
Um, next question I have, what sparked your interest in writing books and becoming a media figure? Yeah, I think I've always seen media as a way to distribute my message. Like I am always been passionate about women and supporting women in the pursuit of their dreams. And so for me, um, media has just been kind of a vehicle to do that. So like right now I have a podcast um, on iHeart called What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. And in the podcast, every week we interview a different remarkable woman. So we've interviewed Gloria Steinem and Soldat O'Brien and Abby Wambach and everyone you could think of, Melinda Gates and these incredible women who are at the top of all different fields. And I love hearing and teasing out their untold stories. And I think the reason I'm doing that podcast, you know, back to your question about why media this is a way for me to distribute these stories to people across the country and across the world in some cases. And I think that often we don't hear the stories of women. We only hear what Bill Gates ate for breakfast and what Jeff Bezos you know, cares about, but we don't hear a lot of depth on the bench when it comes to women. And so I wanted to unleash women's stories. And what's great about having some of those marquee names is then I can have someone like Vernice Flygirl Armour, who you might not know, who's the first black um, Air Force pilot in America, female Air Force pilot in America. And her story is just as extraordinary and exceptional and incredible. And by having some of the marquee names, it also gets you to be interested in maybe discovering some new people that you might not have known about. So I think that media is just an incredible way to distribute messages and also to reach as many people as possible. And you know, I used to do coaching one-on-one -on -one and I stopped because I could only affect one person, right? And of course they'll affect other people's lives, but it's very different than being able to be, you know, giving a speech to a room full of people or, um, you know, doing a TV segment where you could reach millions of people. What did you say the podcast was called again? It's called What's Her Story with Sam and Amy okay. and it's distributed by iHeart. Yeah. I'm definitely going to take a look into that. Yeah. It comes out every Thursday. But there's like now there's probably 20 episodes for you to listen to. So it's fun. How do you balance um, your work and your personal life? Yeah. So I actually, my last book was all about how to balance your professional and personal life. It's called The Pie Life. And my concept of the pie actually started in high school because in high school, I was a competitive athlete. And I also had three hours of homework a night and I would have to drive to tennis an hour away. And I was always busy. Like I never had time to hang out after school ever. And I was always working, although I did manage to have like an hour of phone time with my friends. I guess now that's probably like texting time. I don't know, <laughs> but an hour of phone time with my friends um, at like from 10 to 11 PM before I went to sleep. But as you can hear, I had to be super regimented and disciplined. And so I would always think of my life in different categories and it's kind of like a pie. So you have a pie today, whether you're in high school or whether you're retired, you have a pie and the seven slices of your pie or your, are your health, your relationship or your quest to find one, um, your friends, your community, your hobbies, your family and your career. And so you can replace career with school if you're still in school. And instead of beating yourself up on how much time you're spending in each slice, because you probably couldn't spend any less time in school or any less time at work and be successful, instead of beating yourself up based on time, it's all about making a goal for each of those slices. So even if it's a sliver of your life, you make a goal for it and it exists. So for example, if you're not happy with your friends, right? 
Maybe you start a book club or you start some sort of um, club based on one of your interests, right? You like true crime podcasts or whatever it is that you're interested in in Minecraft. You start a Minecraft club. And so the idea is having very specific small goals that will then change your perspective. So maybe you didn't work out and you wanna start working out. So instead of saying, I'm gonna work out seven days a week, which is unrealistic, say, I'm gonna go out for a walk a half hour a day, three days a week, right? And that's a goal you can actually hit. So I'm all about making very specific goals for each slice of your life and then keep revisiting them. Now, another reason I've always loved this method is because when you're lying in bed at night and you're having that rotisserie of worries that we always have, right? We all have that. And you're like, oh, I just got in a fight with my mom and my best friend is dumping me or whatever it is, right? It forces you to think about the slices of your life that are going well. Well, I am healthier. I've never, you know, been doing better. For me, it was tennis that was a slice, right? So I've never been playing better in basketball or tennis or whatever it is you're doing. Like think of the things that are going well as well as the things that aren't going well. And when you think of the seven slices, it's impossible not to find some that are going well. Like, you know what? I have a really close relationship with my siblings or there's always some positive that you can find. So I love going through the slices because it forces you not just to think about the ones that aren't going well. And the other philosophy I've had that really helps is that life is moments, right? I never demonize a year or a week or a month. I never say, oh, it's such a bad day because that's basically saying the rest of the day is gonna be bad too. And every day, even your best days are a compilation of moments. You're gonna have great news on the phone and then you'll hang up and then something crappy happens. And that's just the way life is. And so if you see it as moments as opposed to time, I mean, um, year, uh, five years ago, the year my book came out, my mom passed away, right? So my mom passed away in March and I could have said, oh, this is the worst year. I can't wait for this year to be over. But then I would have dismissed all the other amazing things that happened in my <clears throat> kids' lives or my book coming out. And so I think it's really important not to demonize years or weeks or months and instead think of life as a series of moments and some are wonderful and some aren't, but the next moment could be great even if this moment is not a great one. What are some basic skills that you think are most important for a new entrepreneur to have to be successful? I think the most important thing is work ethic, right? Like I, I really love my work. And so I don't say, oh God, TGIF. Like if you have that attitude, it's really hard to be successful because there are going to be some times that you have to work odd hours. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of always on. I mean, it's very, very important to have boundaries. So I, I don't want to make it sound like I never take time off. I mean, I have dinner with my family every single night and I'm hundred percent present at the dinner table and there's no phones at our dinner table. And I, you know, have time with my kids every single day. And that's really important time to me. Um, but then, you know, let's say I might be with them from six to nine and then I'll get back and check my email. So I think it's just that, you know, when our parents were, were, you know, younger and, and working, they would always say like, you know, nine to five. And that was kind of a mentality. And that's kind of gone when you're an entrepreneur. And I think largely, by the way, in this economy, it's gone anyway. I mean, there's not strict boundaries where it used to be that you went to the office from nine to five and then you showed up at work again the next day at nine, but between five and nine, you never thought about your work again. And now because of phones and technology, we're always expected to be in touch and connected. So it's kind of unacceptable if you left work at five to not check your email until 9 a.m., people would be like, okay, your industry could have changed, you could have been fired, <laughs> you wouldn't know. And so I think it's just important to, to set your own boundaries. And part of being an entrepreneur is also self-motivating. And I think little goals, again, are really important because 
um, if you set out, I mean, my daughter actually is 13 and she has a, a quite a successful baking business that she started where she does cookie kits. And if she decided, oh, I want to sell 200 cookie kits this week, she would fail at her goal and be demoralized, right? And so I think it's important to set realistic goals of what you can actually achieve and then set out to achieve them. And, and I also think like you have to have an always learning mentality. Um, the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones who take feedback and don't get defensive and think, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. I can improve on that. Um, and I'll just give you an example. I hired a new head of sales today. She started this morning. And when I was talking to her, I was like, I want to hear all of your ideas. Like you might come in and be like, everything you've been doing is wrong. And I'm totally open to that. And I think part of being an entrepreneur who's successful is constantly be willing to pivot and change and, 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 and fix things that aren't going right. And the nice thing about a small company or a company that's growing is that you're not saddled with it taking six months to change a policy like it would be in a big company. And so you want to take advantage of that. Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.